Welcome to Green Bull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. On the show, we share how notable leaders use environment, social, and governance factors to make a positive impact. Connect with Green Bull Radio on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter by following at Green Bull Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Ravi Callan is British Columbia's Minister of Jobs, Economic Recovery, and Innovation. BC's budget and economic plan indicate that the government is prioritizing ESG factors. In this episode, we discuss the provincial government's role in advancing ESG. Thanks for joining us, Ravi. Hey, Kendall. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's get started. Tell us about you. Well, uh, I've been elected now for five years. I'm the uh, MLA for North Delta, uh, which is a, a community uh, in, in British Columbia. And of course, I uh, had m- multiple different roles within government. I was the parliamentary secretary for sport and multiculturalism. So I did a lot of work around human rights and uh, bringing back a human rights commission to British Columbia, uh, worked on anti-racism initiatives. Then I got shifted to forest lands, natural resource operations. I did a lot of work around forestry and uh, uh, communities that have uh, been impacted by climate change and and mill closures due to pine beetle uh, and working to support communities in that work. And then last two years, I spent as the Minister for uh, Jobs, Economic Recovery and Innovation, trying to support communities and businesses through uh, the challenging time of the pandemic, as well as all the other challenges that we uh, face uh, around the world. So it's been an exciting, exciting journey the last few years. Yeah, definitely a very intriguing time to, to be in your current role. Um, and so pivoting a little bit to focus more on the ESG aspect, um, ESG is typically embraced by publicly traded corporations, but we're seeing more private businesses integrate ESG values into their strategy and now governments. Uh, tell us about the stronger BC economic plan and how BC is integrating ESG factors to attract investment, immigration, and enhance the economy. Well, to the core, the stronger BC economic plan had uh, two goals. Uh, you know, the goal initially was to ensure that we had a successful economic recovery, but also how do we ensure that we are resilient, our economy is resilient in the face of any future challenges. And what we did in order to create this plan was uh, we used uh, a completely different model than has ever been used, quite frankly, for developing an economic plan. We brought together people uh, and we used a hackathon model. So we created 35 tables. We brought people from the resource, from not-for-profits, from labor, First Nations leaders, environmental movement, uh, local economic uh, development officers. And we created these tables and we had the same questions posed to everybody and so they could hear each other's answers and what came from that was a a recognition that we actually get along and we have things in common and we agree on things more than we disagree but b was our stronger bc economic plan and the values that were clearly identified by people in those conversations what they want to see is that the economic growth that we have in the future is uh, clean Uh, And it's inclusive, clean meaning uh, it's not hindering our um, climate ambitions, that it's uh, enhancing Uh, and inclusive, meaning communities that disproportionately were impacted by the pandemic actually get a chance to participate in 
the economic recovery and get some value out of it. And, uh, and that's basically what, how the foundation of the Stronger BC Economic Plan was formed. Yeah, the, the hackathon model, that is super interesting. And so I'm, I'm curious, how are you measuring the success of the Stronger BC Economic Plan? Well, we're trying to go beyond just the GDP metrics and the basic metrics that we use. And so what we've done is we've, we've, we're using some metrics that are already existing, but we're in the process right now of creating new metrics uh, for us as a province. Uh, part of our work around UNDRIP uh, is working with First Nations communities communities across BC to ensure that we uh, we develop policy uh, as collaboratively as possible. And one of the initiatives we're looking at is how do we um, uh, collectively uh, look at more of a well-being metrics? So how do we uh, measure not just economic success, but other forms of success that are critically important to measure uh, the strength of our economy? Uh, for, for example, some Indigenous leaders have said, you know, for us, historically, when our community's numbers grew, that was the sign of, of healthiness in our economy. And so we have to, you know, put uh, our biases away and look at a whole different range of important metrics to identify what is success and what is not. And that work is happening right now. Great. Yeah. And it's um, definitely um great to see that you're you're integrating so much community um and stakeholder feedback into defining what those those metrics are and and so and earlier this year you embarked on a trade mission to europe uh what was the objective of the trip well the uh we had different goals in different jurisdictions but fundamentally to the core uh, was to have a conversation about esg uh partly it was a fact finding for me uh to get a sense of where is other jurisdictions at around ESG? Is this a real thing? Um, you know, like as we, often we have conversations, we think something's really big and important, but what are other jurisdictions saying? And, uh, and you know, what I heard uh, quite clearly is that this conversation is moving fast and, uh, and every jurisdiction was grappling with ESG in their own different way. And what surprised me the most was uh, when I made my pitch around, uh, you know, our environmental goals here in British Columbia, what we're doing, they said, yeah, we know, that's great. But how do you define the, how do you define the social? And I thought, oh, man, I, I came here with my view of what uh, would be important to people. But, um, you know, there's a, the conversation has evolved so much that we often forget how important the social is and how we define that as we go forward. Yeah. That's definitely been one of the key trends that I'm seeing on these podcast interviews is really a shift in focus on on the S um, for yeah companies um, and now interesting that the government's uh, taking more of a um, a focus on the S as well. Um, it's interesting too actually this you posted about your trip um, to Europe and this was something that um, I kind of started following your posts a lot more because I thought it was so interesting that you were developing this, this relationship with Europe and, and how you were kind of integrating some of your learnings into British Columbia's strategy. Well, we, what we found in those conversations is that, uh, you know, in some places we're further ahead. Uh, you know, when we spoke about UNDRIP, 
I mean, just for your listeners' context, the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, we are the only subnational in the world that's actually signed on to it. The only government that's signed on to it is New Zealand. Uh, and so we're in a company on our own, you know, over 205 First Nations. It's not easy work. Uh, Philip often says reconciliation is not for wimps. Um, and so, you know, it's challenging, but it's uh, got real potential for us. So, so when we came back, we launched a, uh, a paper uh, and we started engaging with the business community in particular to say, you know, we want to advance ESG. What do you need? What do you need from us as government? What should we be doing and what should we not be doing and someone else should be doing? And what we heard in that conversation was multiple things. We heard from bigger companies that, hey, we're already well along the way. Don't create your own metrics. We already have too many ways of uh, reporting on ESG. In fact, we want to see it come together into a more of a unified uh, approach. We heard from the big companies that they're already along their way, but they want help to be able to market their products in other jurisdictions. And they want government to come in and say, look what we're doing here and, and help them expand. And then but, you know, from smaller companies, we heard something completely different, which was where do we start? How do we start? What is this ESG and, uh, and uh, what can we do to uh, be prepared for uh, this big shift that's coming. Yeah, those are all um, super interesting, super interesting insights um, because I think that there is, there's so much focus on ESG now and it's so difficult, especially like you mentioned for small businesses to understand how to get, how to get started even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at even large corporations, it's, they're kind of maybe wanting a little bit of um either regulation or standardization because there's so Mm -hmm. many metrics that you can follow and there's just not enough time in the day to capture them all. Yeah. And and the conversation is changing so fast. It's even hard for them to keep up and they have the financial means to, uh, to, to keep up, (laughs) you know, they, they can hire people, they can hire consultants. And so, uh, you know, one of the things part of our stronger BC economic plan that we have committed to it's, which is to launch a center of excellence for ESG for British Columbia. And so we are in the process of uh, identifying what a center might do, where it would be housed, how we can go about it. But in the early days, what we've heard from uh, certainly the stakeholders we've engaged with uh, is we've heard from Indigenous communities on how the I will be represented in ESG. And uh, it, which is a, a, a challenge for us because we don't want to create our own metrics, but it's vitally important for us to ensure that that's represented strongly in our in our story um, of the work that's happening here in British Columbia. But what we also heard was from the SME space, they need help. They need help with tools. Uh, they need help with understanding the uh, the evolution of ESG. They need help understanding what that means. Uh, they, you know, there's a, there is an understanding of what it means from a risk perspective. Uh, there's still not a clear understanding what it means from, uh, you know, maybe a, perhaps a, uh, uh, a, a selling feature for, for them. And so there's a lot of work to do in that space. Uh, and so right now we're still in the consulting space, uh, hearing from uh, businesses, hearing from uh, or uh, companies about what they think they need to have in place. And, and we'll have more to say in the, in the new year. 
So you've kind of touched on things, but I was going to ask about the the uh, provincial ESG center for excellence. Um, is there more that you can say about it, or is that coming next year? It's coming next year. I would say that we have a white paper out, uh, just highlighting uh, in a high level of the uh, of what the center can be doing and uh, and the need for it. Um, but you know, we don't have uh, anything concrete to announce just yet. But we are making good progress. Like I said, the, this is a, a fast evolving conversation, and and it's important to British Columbians. I mean, you know, who would have thought I'd be going to the UK? And speaking to a, a room full of business saying, you know, Greenpeace was founded in Vancouver. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it just, it just reflects not only who we are as British Columbians, where our people are at, but also what we value. And people in British Columbia, I think more and more, and certainly our business community, is starting to understand that there is no separation from what was considered social, whether it was environmental or social, to the economy. The two are hand in hand. If you don't have success in those other spaces, you won't have a strong, robust economy. And, uh, you know, that's healthy. I'm glad that that's starting to happen because it means it's going to be, you know, government can make better decisions, but it means private sector is there to support those uh, investments and those decisions as well. Absolutely. So on that note, are there any remaining thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, just that uh, I, I like your uh, podcast. I've listened to a bunch of episodes and uh, I'm glad you're, you're covering this, uh, this important topic. This is uh, moving fast, but as you know, I've highlighted us in British Columbia to not only stay up to date with the conversation, but as best as we can help influence this conversation on a larger scale, in particular around the, our, our work around UNDRIP and ensuring that uh, indigenous values are represented effectively in, in ESG as it goes forward. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Green Bull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. Please submit guest ideas and ESG-related questions on social media at Green Bull Radio on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.